Praise be to God. Amen. I lift the name of the Most High God right now. Would us please bow down our heads and pray for a moment before we go into the Word of God. Father, we thank you for this wonderful time. Thank you for our Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for his life for us. We believe in him. We receive the forgiveness through him. Lord, you have promised us your Holy Spirit for us. We thank you for your comforter. We praise you, Father God. We thank you, Jesus Christ. We give you all the glory and honor. With all our hearts, we believe. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 I praise God for this wonderful opportunity which God has given to me today. And I'm happy to see every one of you seated here. And I'm, I'm very much happy to see the kids who got baptized and who were born again into Christ today. And this is the greatest day in their life. And this is the greatest moment in their life. Amen. Amen. I also would like to say that I'm not yet a doctor. I'm just a pastor. I believe that pastor has spoken all my life prophetically. Thank you. <laughs> Praise God. She is a resident doctor. And I just kid with her. Just I say that I finished my master's in divinity. Well, it's an MD. It's not a doctor, really. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. But I pray that may the Spirit of the Lord speak to us today and help us to understand what he has for us. That we may go not the way we came here, but by the power of the Holy Spirit in a different way, the way that God wants us to be. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for inviting us today here. Turn with me to the scripture portion. 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 9. 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 9. I would read it for you. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, I want to pause here. Think about Elijah. We know that he was one among the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. He did greatest miracles that they could ever imagine. If that could happen right now, I believe that the world will come running after Jesus. Such a great impact that Elijah did in those days. But do you imagine that what he asked at the final moment of his life made a complete difference in a person's life. The word he said, what would you want me to do before I am taken away? I'm reminded that even Jesus Christ said the same phrase that implied. He said to the disciples that, tarry and I will give you the promise of the Father, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. He will rest upon you and you shall do great things and if you believe in me, we shall do greater things than I did. So today, I would also turn your attention to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse from 15 onwards. 
verse from 15 onwards. This is a passage that explains that how God spoke to Elijah to proceed and anoint Elisha. He says from verse 15 onwards, Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over the Syria. Also, you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as a king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shepheth of Abel. Meholah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. I'm going to skip to verse 19. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shepheth, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. Then Elijah passed him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? And this is the context that happened before that he asked him a question while they were journeying to the appointed place where Yahweh would take up Elijah from on the earth. And this passage explains that, verse 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19. So he departed from there and found Elisha's son of Shaphat. Fast forward, he was with the twelfth, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. You need to understand a yoke consists of two oxen, right? Two. Two ox would be on the one on the left and the one on the right, and the yoke is placed above the oxen so that it may plow. Think one important prospect that God helps us to understand here, that he was with the 12th. He was with the 12th. There was no oxen on the 12th, but he was plowing by his own. Think about the hard work he was doing. Think about the commitment he had. Think about the perseverance he was going through. Think about how much effort he had put on while he was doing his job. I believe that when Yahweh, our God, the triune God, saw Elisha, he had a purpose in his life. He had a purpose over his life. God wants people who are committed. God seeks people who are passionate. God seeks who seek him. In Psalms, we read that the eyes of the Lord are hovering over the earth, seeking who is seeking his face. Today, I encourage that seek his kingdom, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. When God saw Elisha, he saw a man with perseverance, a hunger for the righteousness, a hunger that he would do anything for the Lord. It's hard work. It's hard work to plow. And it's hard work. It's not like in those days they had wonderful industrial missions that everything is on a touch of a button, everything happens so quickly. But think about the pain he went through. It's not about his physical pain or his physical uh, effort he made. But I'm, I just want to emphasize that if he would have done this, how much he would have done in spiritual life? How much he would have tried and given himself for spiritual growth. If God wants to pick somebody, he picks the best. 
it's not that he will not train the worst, but he's, he wants a right person. That's what I say, that he will choose the right person no matter what state they are in. I believe that Elisha was, had its, I would say that he was in his lowest state. He was tired. He was doing whatever he can that he could do, his, do for his family, he could do for his life, he could do whatever can provide for him. But God told to Elijah that go select him as a prophet. God chooses people very differently. We see the qualifications, we see uh, credentials, we see talents, but God chose people who are humble. God chooses people who are faithful. God chooses people who is true to him. God sees people and he chooses people that he will put his trust on his children. It's, it's something different that when we put our trust in God, but it is very different that when God trusts you, he wants you to be faithful to the trust. Amen. So today I want to explain three things that Elijah tried or tested in Elisha's life. Three things. The first, Elisha tested the desire. Sorry, Elijah tested the desire of Elisha. The second thing is that Elijah tested the spiritual perception of Elisha. Elijah tested the spiritual perception of Elijah, Elisha. And finally, Elijah tested the readiness of Elisha. Elijah tested the readiness of Elisha. The first time when you see there in verse 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19, he said, so he departed from there and found Elisha. When he threw the mantle on him, well, we need to understand who is this Elisha and what was he thinking when this happened. I believe that he would have known about Elijah. He was the greatest prophet in the town. And when he wants to do something, there might be some purpose, right? But as simple as it seems that as he threw his mantle, he just, when you read verse 19, the second half, 20, 19 second half, then Elijah passed him and threw his mantle on him. When the mantle fell upon Elisha, Today I want to speak about the mantle. That's why I gave the title as the mantle of power. The mantle of power. The mantle represents the anointing. The mantle represents the anointing. While the Jericho, the barrier which they crossed, represents the battle. It represents the obstacles, the hindrances in our spiritual life. We need to focus on the mantle more than focusing on Jericho, sorry, the river, Jordan River. I'm, I misspoke, I'm sorry. The Jordan River. The Jordan River is the obstacle that they could not pass through. But we need to focus on the mantle, the anointing, which will break. The anointing breaks the yoke, isn't it? The anointing will deliver people. The anointing will change life. The anointing will transform a person. The anointing will completely make one different. Praise God. I pray that the anointing flow into your life abundantly. Jesus Christ said that, ask, it shall be given. If the father of the world, who are the parents, 
happy to give the best for the children, how much more would the Father in heaven will give you the anointing, the Holy Spirit, if you ask? If we are prepared, if we ask earnestly, if we seek him earnestly, he will surely give. Is it not? Hallelujah. The first thing that Elijah tested is that, was he deciding the anointing? As simple as it would look like. He was just doing his own work, a normal routine in his life. But as soon as the mantle fell on him, there was something completely different. He understood that this is not something normal. This is not going to be the same normal life henceforth. I need to receive it. He had a desire to follow God. He had a desire to seek God. He had a desire to receive the anointing. I would like to uh, take you to the Second Kings chapter 2, verse 9. When he said, ask what I may give it for you before I am taken away, he said that please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Who taught him that? What was the reason? He just received the mantle. And what made him to ask such a great thing? What made him to realize that this is something really different? We need to ask something that is different and higher than what Elijah had. Think about the faith he had. Think about the passion and the desire he had for the anointing. When Elijah tested his desire, he was ready to follow. That's what we see. Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. He left the oxen and ran after Elijah. He left everything he had. He left the resources that could give him benefits. He left the resources. He left his entire life, what he was practicing at that moment. That was the only source of his hope. That was the best thing that he could have, even though he was on the 12th the yoke and was, he was working along with the oxen. That could provide him the best he can have in those days. But he was ready to leave those things. He was ready to leave and follow as soon as the call was upon his life, as soon as he received the mantle upon him. I believe he was faithful in seeking the Lord. I believe he was faithful in desiring the anointing. Who knew that this unknown person, Elisha, would be the second greatest prophet or even more greater than Elijah? We speak about Elijah, the greatest prophet, but we see that Elisha had the double portion what Elijah had, which makes him twice as powerful as Elijah. But it is not about his doings, it is not about his desire, but it is about God's anointing upon him that we speak even to this day. Amen. He has a desire, he has a desire to follow God. He has a desire to receive whatever God had for him. He knew that if we ask this, it is not about Elijah, but it is God who is going to give me. It is God who is going to fill me with this anointing as a double portion. It is not Elijah who desire for me this, but it is God who is willing to give me. Amen. Today, God is willing to give you the best. Today, God is giving you whatever you need. God is ready. Are we ready? The second thing I want to explain is that the spiritual perception which Elijah wanted to test on Elisha. Read with me. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 2 onwards. 
Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as, you, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went on to Bethel. Three times Elijah tried to stop Elisha to follow him. Three times. You need to focus that three times Elisha was focused on what's happening around him and what was to be received at the end of the journey. And the verse 1 says, And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by the whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. They started the journey from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. He is saying to Elisha, I'm going to Bethel now. The Lord is calling me, and I, know what's, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that I'm going to be taken up. He is trying to speak something into Elisha's life that Elisha could not understand. Why is Elijah saying this? Why is he saying, is he restricting me from receiving the blessing? He also said after this conversation that it is hard for you to receive. The second time he said in verse 3, now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take, you, uh, take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I know, keep silent. Elisha was more focused on what God had for him. The sons of the prophets were 15 number. And they said, Elisha, your master is going to be taken up today. And if you are not going with him, Somebody else will take their blessings. Elisha recognized that if I don't follow Elijah just by hearing whatever he's saying, or if I tarry behind, if I just fall back, somebody else from this, the group of prophets will receive what the Lord has for me. Today, I encourage you, brothers and sisters, my uncle aunts, that if God has called you for a journey, pursue it. Pursue it. Know what's happening around you. God will speak to you through your friends, through the pastors, through the, someone who are strangers to you. If you hear the voice, and if you realize and recognize it is from the voice of the Holy Spirit, then you will perceive what God has for you. If it is a voice of hindrance, if, it, if it's a voice of obstacle, then you will automatically get tired and weary, and you will try to fall back of your journey. But know what God has for you. Discern it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Elisha, every time Elijah told, first time he told that I'm going to Bethel, no, he said, I will follow you. Second time he told, I'm going to Jericho, no, he said, I'm going to follow you. Third time he said, I'm going to cross over Jordan, no, I'm going to follow you. He was persistent. He was spiritually discerning what was happening. It was not Elijah's intention not to give the blessing to Elisha, but he was testing the spiritual perception that Elisha could have. To become a prophet, he need to know what's going to happen. To become a prophet, he need to, un he need to have the spiritual discernment that is given by the power of the Holy Spirit. Even though he was not anointed in double portion, but he was following the voice of God. Amen. He was ready to know what God has for him. And he was focusing on what God will give to him. Not for his personal benefits. Think about the life of prophets in the Old Testament. They were chased like animals. 
by kings and the rulers of the nations. If they had to go and speak the words of the Lord, they had to give or just lay their life. They, sometimes they have to lay their necks in front of a knife. If they, some, if they say something that is bad to the king, they don't know what would happen to them. Prophet's calling is completely different. But yet, Elisha, the man, asked for a double portion. How much great that faith would be. And I believe that God himself has imparted that faith in him. He would have not known that he would go way ahead of Elijah, the things that he would do. But God had a plan for him. And God gave him that courage and boldness that God gave him that desire to ask for a double portion. If you have something in your heart that is from the Holy Spirit, receive it with faith. Ask with faith. Pursue with faith. You need to pursue. You need to start the journey, not only starting the journey, you need to pursue the journey. You need to pursue with perseverance. There will be several voices like the sons of the prophets that, that may intimidating you or that may make you weary. Like Elijah's voice that may make you think that, will I receive this really? Will I receive what God has for me? Sometimes doubts and fear come into your life. Sometimes the voices may make you weary. But if you listen and focus on the voice of the Holy Spirit, He will give you the courage. It says that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up like an eagle. Amen. And I believe that in that journey, when Elijah and Elisha were walking through the wilderness, he was mounted like an eagle. He was ready to go with Elijah. No matter what happens, he says, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I am not going to leave you as long as you live on this earth. And I'm going to follow you and I'm going to pursue you and I'm going to receive what the Lord has for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Today I encourage my brothers and sisters, my uncle and aunts, pursue until you get it. Finally, they reached it. They reached it. The third thing I want to explain that he was ready. When Elijah spoke to him, when Elijah asked him a question, he was testing him. Was he ready with an answer? Are we ready with an answer? If God calls you today, are you ready to say what you need? We have several answers immediately. I know that we have several answers. I need this job. I need this financial promotion. I need God's blessing in my, my children's life. I need a house. But God is not looking at all these things. God says that, do you know my will for you? Do you know what my heart has for you? That's why Jesus said, when the disciples asked him, Lord, are you not hungry? He said, my meat, my food is doing my father's will. If you know what the father's will is for you today, you will be ready to answer. You will be ready to answer and say, this is what the Lord wants for me. And I will pursue that and I will receive it. You will speak the word of faith and you will speak what the Lord has for you not which you want for you. Amen. When Elijah tested Elisha's readiness, Elisha was spot on. He said in verse 9, Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. This is not an instantaneous answer, but it was an immediate answer. 
Let me say it to you once again. It was not an instantaneous answer, but it was an immediate answer. Because the reason I'm saying is that it's not instantaneous. He was longing and desiring and he was spiritually discerning these things for a long time. From the time the mantle fell on him. Or even before that, he had a desire. He had a thirst. He had a hunger for God's blessing upon his life. And that's why I say, even though it was an immediate answer, it was not an instantaneous answer. It was not out of excitement, but it was out of discernment. It was out of spiritual desire. It was out of spiritual longing. Amen. Today, when God calls us, we need to be ready to answer. For that, we need to wait on the Lord. We need to be ready to receive what the Lord has for us. We need to know what the Lord has for us. God may speak to you in a flash. Of course, I agree with this, those things. But there is a procedure to know God's will. Unless you wait in his presence, it's hard. Unless you know what God has for you, it's hard. When the apostles, when they were on the upper room, they were waiting, relentless of what was happening around them. They were in one accord. They were praying on the day of the Pentecost. They were anointed and poured by the Holy Spirit. They did not know on what day it may come. They knew the promise was there. We know today that it was on the day of Pentecost, but they didn't knew that. They were tirelessly sitting there, praying with one accord, asking God, pour out your blessings, pour out your promise. We need it today. We need it in this moment. But God has his own timing. He will do it at the right time. He's never soon or never late. He does in his own time. In his own time. He does it at the perfect time. And when Elisha said, Lord, give me the double portion. Yet again, Elijah told that the thing you ask, it's very hard. Nevertheless, if you see when I'm being taken up, you will receive it. And even on that moment, in verse 12, it says, and Elijah, Elisha saw it and he cried out from verse 11 onwards. Then it happened as they continued on and talked. Then suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah was went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah, then had fallen from him, and went back and stood at the banks of Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that and Elisha crossed over. And from that time onwards, it was a complete different narrative. His life was completely transformed. It's not that he received and he took hold on to the mantle, but he called on to the name of God. He said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Where is the Lord God of Abraham? Where is the Lord God of Jacob? Where is the Lord God of Israel? Where is your God? Where is my God? Where is our God? 
when you call into the name of the Lord, he is ready to pour out the anointing upon you. He is ready to do miracles in your life. He is ready to use you for his glory. God says to Isaiah that who will go for me? And he says, here I am. You know, when did he say that? After he was touched by the coals of fire. After he realized that he was being cleansed. After he was touched by the fire. The fire represents the anointing, the fire of the Holy Spirit. Unless you have been touched and ignited and purified by the power of the Holy Spirit, you cannot say, here I am. You cannot say truly that, Lord, here I am. Here I am means I am surrendering myself. Here I am means I am here, God. It's not about me. It's about you. It's not about my wish. It's about what you want. It's about your will. Here I am, just a servant, just a vessel, just a medium that your glory may pass through, that your glory may be performed or manifested. Today, I encourage you, Church of God, that if you have a desire, if you have the spiritual perception, if you have, if you are ready to answer like Elisha was, God is ready to pour out his anointing upon you. God is ready to pour double portion upon your lives. Not just what you need, but when you seek his will, he will pour out his anointing. And that is what the church needs. Without that, there is no life. A church can be called as church, but if there is no the power of the Holy Spirit in the church, it's just a physical substance. It's not a spiritual living creature. Amen. Today I request and I encourage you, encourage one another. Ask to the power of the Holy Spirit. Ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's not just speaking in tongues. It's not just praying in the Spirit once in a while. It is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. May God bless us through these verses and may God use us in the coming days for his glory. Amen. Hallelujah.